He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tario. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. He's just completely taken the wind out of my city. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. You were on a Wednesday drive. Well, we heard from Panthers offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo earlier today. And this guy's a bit of a mystery. You look at his hairdo he used to have back with the Giants and how that transformed with the Jaguars. I think everybody has that stage. You go down to Florida and things get a little weird up top. And now what he's rocking here in Charlotte, that's a bit of a mystery. And also what he's going to do offensively bit of a mystery too as he was talking about just a few hours ago but before we get to that sound just remember we haven't seen him with this type of personnel before we haven't seen Ben McAdoo run things with a team that looks quite like this one he was once the quarterback coach in Green Bay they've got things shall I say a little bit more figured out at the quarterback position than the Carolina Panthers currently do. Then you look at the New York Giants. At that point, Eli Manning had already won two Super Bowls, so he was established. And in Jacksonville, they were tanking. That team wasn't trying to win. But if you look at the numbers that Gardner Minshew had his rookie year, Ben McAdoo, not a bad quarterbacks coach. The personnel is what you need to be focusing on. A good coach, he molds an offense around his personnel rather than vice versa. Here's a size-fit-all offense. And I think Ben McAdoo's a good quarterback's coach and a good offensive coordinator. How else can you explain when he took over the Giants, not as the head coach, as the offensive coordinator, they went from the 28th-ranked offense in the NFL to a top-10 offense immediately. And Eli Manning had two of his three best statistical seasons in the two seasons that McAdoo was calling plays. Here was Ben today saying how things are going to be a lot different in Charlotte versus the offenses that I've that he's run in the past. There's a lot we're looking at right now, but the biggest thing I don't want to do is rush to rush the judgment over what our offense is going to look like. Uh, you know, the offense that we're going to put out there is going to look far different probably than any offense that you've seen me involved with in the past. That's just because our players are different. That doesn't mean we have a bunch of new plays that we didn't have in the past. We're just going to try to do our best job to tailor it to the, the players we have. Don't forget that. Again, good coaches adopt styles to personnel, not the other way around. John Calipari, one of the best coaches in college. Coach K, the last decade in the one and done. Every year, you have different players, and Duke and Kentucky threw different offenses out there. That's what great coaches are able to do. I expect it to be a run-first, ball-control offense, which is strange because that's not what we've seen from McAdoo run teams. Usually, they run out of the gun. Usually, they're high-paced. I think there was one year with the Giants, 65% of the snaps were no huddle. I don't think we're going to see that with the Carolina Panthers because none of those teams that I talked about before had Christian McCaffrey on it. The Giants' best running back, the two years that McAdoo was the head coach, Shane Vereen and Wayne Gallman. That was before Saquon Barkley arrived. 
the Packers had James Starks at running back. And again, I think that guy was going to do some pretty good things at quarterback in Green Bay, the one that they had there. So, and still have today. Christian McCaffrey is a unique talent. So I'll be interested to see what he does with McCaffrey. You might be concerned about usage and whether or not he will be able to play, only playing 10 games in the last couple of seasons. But we're not talking about any breaks or tears or surgeries with McCaffrey. When he plays, he's really good. And they have a little bit more depth so that if McCaffrey's not in the game on a certain play or, God forbid, he gets injured, it's not able to play, well, you have options. That's why you pick up Deontay Freeman in free agency. That's why you draft Chuba Hubbard a year ago going into his second year in Charlotte. You don't want to ask any of these quarterbacks to win the game for you. So I think run control, zone running scheme offense, run first, ball control, that's what you're looking at with Ben McAdoo's offense. But it's still a mystery. Like his hair, like his facial hair. It's a mystery what's going to happen with this Panthers offense. I don't think it's a lock either that Darnold's going to be the starting quarterback. McAdoo was high on Corral. I was told Corral was the highest quarterback on his board. Go back to 2018, right after McAdoo was fired. He was talking to the New York Post. They asked him, see, you're fired. You don't have to use these grades that you have now. How did you grade the quarterback class? That was number one pick Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold was a top three pick. After that, it was Josh Allen, Josh Rose, and Lamar Jackson. Apparently, McAdoo didn't have Darnold in his top two. Maybe not even his top three, if memory serves correct. But guess who he did have one and two? Josh Allen one, Lamar Jackson two. It's a pretty good evaluation. And both Darnold and Corral are learning a new offense. So maybe that's a bit of an equalizer. And when I hear people talk about comps for Corral, I hear Russell Wilson's name come up a bit because Russell Wilson, bit undersized, really quick release. You don't coach that. You either have a quick release or you don't. Will Dalton, executive producer of The Drive, got a lot to do today. Dot, he's going to be in studio with us in about 20 minutes. Shifting things along here. How about we get to the NBA? So this is something that bothers me. We have a tendency with that sport to over-focus on the superstars, which is understandable. That's how the sport's marketed. When they put games on TV, it's not the Celtics are playing the Warriors. No, it's Steph's playing Jason Tatum, as if these other guys don't exist. LeBron's going up against Kevin Durant or whoever it might be. That's the way the sport is marketed. You can't win without one of those guys. So I guess it's understandable that's the way that people will talk about it. However, when you get to this point in the playoffs, the NBA Finals, both teams, they have stars. You don't get to this point if you don't have stars. So there's a good chance when you exclusively focus on them, you might miss some important keys to the series. And when I look at this series, the key matchup to me that you should be keeping a really close eye on because I think it's going to decide this series. How does Golden State respond to the size of the Boston Celtics? This sounds like an old beaten down take. Golden State, 
How many times are people going to complain that the Warriors are small and only to have the Warriors still win? Another thing you need to remember. This is a big concern that I have. And we've been saying this all playoffs long. Even though Golden State's in the finals, this is not the team that won 73 games six years ago. This this is not that team. They're older. They're close to the end of their prime. The guys who are still around from that team, Kevin Durant isn't on this team either. It's not the 17, 18, 19 teams that we're talking about here. This is a different Golden State Warriors team. And the Warriors have caught some breaks this postseason. When it comes to matchups of size, they avoided Phoenix. You don't have to face DeAndre Ayton. They drew Dallas in the conference final. They don't have any size either. You drew, you didn't have to face Utah and Rudy Gobert. Yes, you had Jokic, but that team was missing a ton of guys due to injuries. Catching breaks. You got Memphis, who's physical, but not really big. They had Steven Adams, but he couldn't play in that series. Couldn't keep him on the floor. Golden State deserves some credit for that, but they don't have a ton of dudes the way that Boston does. When I look at this Warriors roster, I see one guy who is taller than six foot six. That plays. One guy taller than six foot six. That's Kevon Looney. So not even one of your best players. Boston has four guys over six seven. That 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 actually play. Four. You look at Robert Williams, great job blocker. Health gonna be dependent how good he is in the series. Daniel Tice, if you need him. Jason Tatum, six foot eight. You know, smart. He's big for a point guard at six four and physical. Jalen Brown plays bigger than six foot six. So when I look at this series, I think how Golden State deals with that physicality, not being as deep as they were when they won their championships before, and not having the size advantage, but also not even just a couple of guys who are at 6'8", 6'9", that they could play on the floor. That's what I think is going to be key in the series. Still not feeling comfortable enough yet to think that Boston, to pick Boston right now, but I'm not confident enough to pick Golden State either. It's, it is very conflicting, and it's going to be a great NBA final. You talk like a crazy person. You have sexually transmitted crazy mouth. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. For those who followed such things, a jury just ruled in favor of Johnny Depp in his libel lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Hmm. I have not really been following this case that closely, but Mm-mm. apparently people have been following it like it's the OJ trial or something. Really? Apparently so. My brother, he was at the beach all last week, and every time I called to see what he was doing, he was indoors watching the Johnny Depp trial. Hmm. And another time I had something to talk to him about ahead of the bachelor party, and he would say, no, no, I can't talk right now. Johnny Depp getting cross-examined right now or mm. something like that. So, yeah, there you go. 
Pirate, new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, anybody? Let's go. I'm uh, with that. This will be the sixth one. I'm with number six. Six, 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 six. That's me. Six man. Six, 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 yeah. six, 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 six. I like the drop. You like that? Uh-huh. Yeah, Drake might sue me, but who cares? It fits. Speaking of fits, the Charlotte Hornets still haven't identified the fit for their head coaching job. It does seem like there are three candidates at the top of the list, Ooh. all with head coaching experience, Mike D'Antoni, Kenny Atkinson, and Terry Stotts. Those are the top three. But there was some news last night that had me thinking, even though we're just a few weeks away from the draft and it would be good to have your coach by the time the draft gets here, maybe you could pump the brakes just a little bit longer. You're already this far. Why not just pump the brakes a little longer? Apparently, Quinn Schneider, his future is uncertain with the Utah Jazz. They don't know if they're going to bring Quinn Schneider back. And if the Utah Jazz don't bring Quinn Schneider back, I would jump on that if I was <laughs> Mitch Kupchak. Would you? Oh, yeah. Why? That guy wins a lot of basketball games. Hmm. Like, a lot of basketball games. And they've been winning a lot of basketball games for a long time. And he has ties to the state. Once upon a time, he played at Duke. Uh, come to think of it, I don't know if Michael Jordan's going to hire a Duke guy. <laughs> that would be interesting. Hey, <laughs> Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan here. Yeah, we'll bring you in, but do you mind hanging out with us at Duke Carolina games and not wearing the dark color blue? Woo. You mind doing that? It's a significant part of the process. Buzz Peterson's in that room, too. Fred Winfield. That entire room's just all Tar Heels. <laughs> So listen, yeah, I, I'd like to picture Quinn Snyder sitting in that room and all five of them are wearing Carolina shirts. Hey, how comfortable do you think you'd be working here? Yeah, how bad do you want this job, Quinn? <laughs> yeah, buddy. <You laughs> we love got a, to see it. We got a contract and a shirt here for you, Quinn. You now, have to sign in the shirt. You got to. That's right. And you have to take a selfie with yeah. all of us afterwards. Those are the terms of the contract. Quinn Snyder is the guy who always looks like the villain in a movie. That's who he is. No, he looks like. No, look at that guy. He's a villain every movie. He's the villain in the Spider-Man movie. That's him. He looks like he's straight out of the movie American Psycho. A he, villain. He also looks like Wall, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, all the characters in that movie. Like all the faces they make. Yeah, That's like right. he's got the eyebrows of this, the cheek motions of this. This guy's a. Yeah. Ask he me looks if I've like seen a Wolf of Wall Street. No. Why would we do that? Ask why? me if I've seen Wolf of Wall Street. Why? Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street, Will? I sure have, Josh. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's why. He needs to see uh, A Few Good Men tonight. I heard. I watched that last night. Did you do it? Yeah. That movie's great. I saw it was on Amazon Prime. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember the emotional attachment I had to it when I did see it. Mm -hmm. Whew. One of the most rewatchable movies ever. Since we got Dot here, hmm. might as well take care of some business. Play grammar school. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Damn. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. Why, yes, it is.
It is time for grammar school. And how are you, Josh? Welcome back from your um, bachelor weekend. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I was on a plane listening to you and George, the British Tar Heel, do this last Friday. Yeah. Where you were trying to figure out Woo. some of the Woo. sayings in the UK. I'd probably go 0 for 3 right the now. The fact that you guys didn't know battered. Come on. I didn't. Is that drunk? Is that the drunk one? Yes. I had no clue. I, it made total sense once he said it, but then I was like, when he asked, I had no clue. Great segment. Just like this one here. Absolutely, man. What I have is three words or phrases for Josh Graham, and he has just to let, he has to, he has to let me know, what do they mean? What are they saying? But first. Oh, I forgot my caucastic word in season two. Yeah, and if you want to be a helper for me. Yeah, a lifeline. Yeah, 336 one six hundred again three three six seven 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 one six hundred. You say that number so fast that I it's do. hard to even worry about it. Yeah, yeah. So I got an assist here from Will. Uh oh. W D. That's not how you say it. W D. You can't sing it every time, so when you just say it in conversation, it's W D. I haven't said it today yet, so oh. I felt like we needed to. Okay. What's a frappuccino? It's a drink at Starbucks. What's in it? Drink. What type of drink is it? What type of drink is it? (laughs) It's a drink that you get at Starbucks and you can get like a grande or a tall. Yeah, Yeah, you can do that. Oh, you could get like a tall one or a, like, could you imagine if you asked me, what is a, what is Mountain Dew? And I said, oh, that's a drink you could just get at Food Line. (laughs) What makes it a Frappuccino? They're big, they're big bottles or little bottles. What makes it a Frappuccino? Mm -hmm. And. Am I a lifeline for BDOT here? Heck yeah. No. He only heck has yeah, one. Is heck yeah, he's a lifeline. He only has one question. He and he get a gave, lifeline. And he gave the question. So all I need to know is, like, yeah. is it soda? Is no, it it's not soda. Tea? It's, it's is milk. it coffee? It's milk. Is it tea? Is it coffee? Is it milk? What no, is it's it? not tea or coffee. It's a frappuccino. No, it's coffee. It's coffee. Wait. It's Stop chi- nodding at him. I'm, I'm not looking at him. I swear I to God. Look at him. I didn't <laughs> even look at him. I didn't even look at him. Okay. A frappuccino is a coffee. With milk in it. No milk. Take the milk out. Or you could put milk in as your creamer and your frappuccino. That's all I got. Are we giving it to him? That was exhausting. <sighs> whew, I'm, no, that's it. Frappuccino's a coffee. You can put milk in it and you can get it at Starbucks. Is there milk in a frappuccino? You can't put it. There is, but Thank there's you. a specific way it's made that makes it a frappuccino. It's a specific way. Is that what you all were asking? You all didn't say that. You all said what's in it. You didn't say what's the specific what? way. Yeah, that's, that's right. What is the specific way? Huh? What is the specific way then? Are you asking me? Yes. So now you're asking me two questions. No, no, no. I answered no, the that's... first one. The first one I told you what was in the frappuccino. Now you're asking me. So can I use a lifeline now? Because I had to get a second question. It's blended coffee. That's what I meant, blended coffee. Yeah. It's blended. It's like a, it's like a slushy. We'll coffee. give it to him. Why yeah, not? thank yeah, you. Yeah. Woo. It's blended. Six man. <laughs> For you, Josh Graham. What's fronting? Oh. Fronting. Spell it. F R O N T I N apostrophe. Don't you dare forget that apostrophe, Josh Graham. Yeah. That was a good job. Never would. What's fronting? That's when you're you're lying. Like you 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 talk a bigger game than what you are, you're fronting, or you're just lying to somebody. If I said that my shoes were 
red. Mm-hmm. I'm fronting. I'm lying. Nah, well, if you said your shoes were red, that's capping. That's just cap because they're clearly Duke blue, white, and black. But if you said that your shoes cost $600 and they cost $300. You're fronting. That's front. But I still give you that. Congratulations. I give you that. Okay. It is front. It is. I see the difference. You see that. the difference? Yeah. It's, it's capping, but it's capping on a grand scale. Like, you're front. That's it, right. It really didn't do that. Up next, slick. Oh, this is a review word. Slick. Now, this is Memphis slang. Slick. Did we do slick before? I've heard this before. Ooh. Slick. Mm-hmm. Slick. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. That's um a sign that Josh needs assistance. If you know what slick means, three three six seven 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 one six hundred. And he can use uh, Will as a lifeline as well. Is it a noun? It's um it's it's listed as a description. Do you hear me talking over my retainer? Can you hear it? No, I can't. It's listed as a descriptor adjective. So it's an adjective. <laughs> a descriptor adjective? Yeah, that's what it says. That seems a bit redundant. Well, what are adjectives? Things to describe something. Right. We got the dis- What are the non-descriptor <laughs> adjectives? I'd love to hear about them. Well, that well, listen. I don't have any of those listed. <laughs> is this UrbanDictionary.com? Yes, of course it's Urban Dictionary. Okay, it is an adjective. Yeah, a, a descriptor adjective. I take it I don't have any lifelines nope. people wanting to help. I'm going to go to Will. Will. So, so is this like as in somebody thinks they're slick? No. No. Like you think you slick. No. That's, no. Okay. I know uh, that. Yeah. I would hope so. Uh, then no. I don't think I'm going to be able to help with this. Gosh. I just wasted a lifeline. <laughs> well, it's just wasted. It's still acting. Hey, you know, it's. Hey, you're you're slick. This is like a forties. This is a forties <laughs> film war movie. Listen here, slick. <laughs> slick. Uh, no, I'm gonna say slick is somebody that is. Oh wait, is Will on the phone? No, somebody who is sketchy no. or somebody that's unreliable. Slick. It's not really a person. It's a way. That- for example, all right, so listen. Well, no, it's like an, it's a type. It's like an a- adjective, right? It, but it means like kind of or sort of or a little bit. But it could also mean very much or really. Let me use it in a sentence, okay? Okay. Hey, let's go to Jimmy John's. And I would say, I slick hate Jimmy John's. Oh, like, yeah. I like, for real. Yeah, or, you know what I'm saying? It can mean I really like, I really, or a little bit. Like, so I'm dead wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all are. Super wrong. Like, I'm, I'm slick, slick excited. I'm slick wrong. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm on slick wrong year. as hell on this one. Absolutely. I, I deserve the X. Yeah. Okay. Did, it, did I hear the? There we go. Last, Last one. one. Last one. It's sort of a phrase. FTW for the win. This is, um, they, um, hmm. It's an infix. You know, like a what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you have prefixes and suffixes. Yeah, this sure. is an infix. Never heard of an infix, but what's the word? A whole nother. What? Yeah. A whole nother. How yeah. do you spell that? A hyphen whole w h o l e hyphen nother n o t h e r. 
Infix. Can you say it in a sentence? Can I say what in a sentence? A whole nother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I did that, then you would know exactly what it means, so I can't give it to you in a sentence. So All I can tell you, me. yeah, yeah. As opposed to a prefix or a suffix, again, it's an infix. I can give you another example. Of an infix? Yes. I would appreciate that. Redamdiculous. Oh. Oh, I like these. <laughs> I like these. A whole... I'm going to say, like, like a, so am I trying to finish the sentence? Nope. You're just telling me what a whole nother means or what it I refers to. I would say, to. like, you're, you're, an, you're annoyed a whole, that's like a whole nother deal now. Hmm. That's like a whole nother. See, what are you saying? That's it. You're saying that. Describe what you're saying. Somebody. You need this point to advance. Yes, today. I know, I know. It's a different problem. Like, that is a different headache, a different problem. That's a whole nother. Like, you know, Boston just got past Miami, but Golden State's a whole nother. Give my man a bell. Give my man a bell. Let's go. It says it refers to a subject that is vastly or categorically set apart from the previous subject. Very well done, Josh Graham. Way to fight through on that. I did. You did good today, Josh Graham. Good. You did good. That's been. And you learned what an infix was. Grammar school. We I'm got sure. a whole nother segment coming your way. <laughs> there we go. Keep using the infixes. <laughs> yeah. Nah, like I'm I'm slick being honest. Great segment coming up. <laughs> or maybe I'm fronting. <laughs> Next. Anyone not on medication? No. Nope. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Will Dalton? The WD. The WD. You and I are about to have a lot in common, I got a feeling. Yeah? In this segment, dot. Tell the people why. All right, man. So I saw this drone. It says, how many black movies have you seen? One point for every movie. And there are 50 movies. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, I got to ask Josh how many of these has he seen. Because if he's seen 25 of them, I would say, that's damn good for Josh Graham. Okay. Saying that I got 47. Well, let's go through all 50 real quickly. Right, we can't quick. spend time nope. on each one. Nope. We just got to do it. All right, let's do it. Number one, Boys in the Hood. Haven't seen it. This is going to hurt. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. You have this. Boys in the Hood. No. Set it off. Yes. New Jack City. Yes. Friday. Yes. Are you writing down how many you're getting? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Okay. Friday. Yes. Menace of Society. No. Juice. Yes. Above the Rim. No. Paid in full. No. Do the Right Thing. Yes. Poetic Justice. No. Dead Presidents. No. Hustle and Flow. Yes. House Party. No. Waste oh, Deep. Oh, oh, yes. House Party, yes. yes. Okay. Waste Deep. No. ATL. No. Love Don't Cost a Thing with Nick Cannon. No. Johnson's Family Vacation. No. The Wood. No. Jason's Lyric. No. I haven't seen Johnson's Family Vacation either. Moving to the second round. Crooklyn. Don't know what that is. How High. Yes. Belly. No. Soul Plane. Yes. The Best Man. No. Drumline. Yes. Mo Money. No. <sighs> Gotta see that. White Chicks. Absolutely. Moonlight. Yes. I've never seen Moonlight. I have too. What? Or no, no. no, no, no. I've seen Moonlight. Yeah. I have not seen Moonlight. One, that was, one, that best was picture. one of mine. Uh, La La Land should have won, but Moonlight did. Stomp the Yard. No. This Christmas. 
No. That's the one with Chris Brown. Yeah, yeah. This uh, uh, Baby Boy. No. Dope. Yes. School Days. No. Girls Trip. <sighs> no. That's a great one. Love and Basketball. Yes. Just Another Girl on the RRT. No. I've never seen that one either. That was my third one. Last list. Waiting to Exhale. No. <sighs> Love Jones. No. Get Out. Yes. Players Club. No. Baps. No. Boomerang. No. Harlem, <sighs> Harlem Nights. No. Why Did I Get Married? No. A Low Down Dirty Shame? Uh-uh. Life? Yes. Coming to America? Yes. Brown Sugar? No. A Thin Line Between Love and Hate? No. Two Can Play That Game? No. That's it. What did you get, 10? 17. 17 is decent, actually, but I am disappointed. There are some that you haven't seen that's very, very... Like, okay, what's most glaring? Like I, Boomerang? I, boys in the Hood's probably most Boys glaring. in the Hood, Boomerang, and, and now, uh, New Jack City. Now, here's my excuse for not seeing Boys in the Hood, though. My God. I got it confused with Straight Outta Compton, which just came out. So when people talked about Boys in the Hood, I thought they were talking about Straight Outta Compton. So, Straight Outta Compton came out recently, Josh. I know, boys and that one came, came out, out in, in the, the 90s. 90s. Right, I get it, but... I'm just telling you that was my rationale. The wood is dope because one of the characters, yeah, one of the characters, he's from um, Winston Salem, so he go out there to California and they talking to him. He's like, "Where are you from? North Carolina, from Winston Salem." And that's just like a, a line. It's like, "Oh, Winston Salem got some love in a movie." Like that is a huge, huge deal. I can't believe you haven't seen Dead Presidents. I know that's another. My one. My God, that's a great. Oh, See, at fool. least, at least I recognize. Before we went into this. You stopped me as I started looking at the list initially, yes. and the first two that I looked at, that was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen these two. Dead Presidents, and uh, you just said it. Dead Presidents, and... Not Poetic, Paid in Full. Paid in Full. Yeah. You've never seen Poetic Justice? Paid in Full's Jackson? a good song, though. I almost slapped your glasses I've off. seen Poetic Justice. You've seen Poetic no! Justice, WD? I have. Wow! I'm a big Pac fan. Dude, Tupac's in there and Jada. Yeah. And, and you watch Janet Juice Jackson. then, I hope. I don't know if I've seen Juice. <sighs> I'm a big Pac fan, he says. I am a big Pac How you don't know about Bishop? <laughs> How you don't know about Bishop if you claim you're a big Pac fan, man? Don't get on here and just spew <laughs> ignorance, WD. Yeah. I like Pac. I like Why wasn't Shazam on this list? Shazam, because that ain't a black movie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We do not claim that foolishness. Your face when I said Crooklyn, though, that's what's hilarious. Jeez, it's a great list. Uh, it is a really good list. Seventeen. I think. I think I did okay. I think that's strong, man. I bet you. Would, you would have the highest in the building. I would agree with that. <laughs> did you find newfound respect for what we do on this show when you got a chance to host it yourself a week ago? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Just going three hours talking nonstop is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And having to have, you know, six six man was here, you know, but having to have direction in that. But, you know, it was awesome because the audience helped me through it. I had some great folks to call up and you blessed me with some tickets to Chris Rock. So that was fun getting people to call up and play for those. Yeah, we're going tonight in Greensboro. It's going to be great. Absolutely. And then, you know, I I had some of my friends that I could tap into like, hey, make me look good. And and Harry Giles was one of those people. And my my man, the British Tar Heel, and we got to play grammar school. That was one of the main things, though. Actually, when I was listening back to it, hearing how excited I got when I got one right, I totally understood why you get so excited during grammar school, dude. There's no doubt. (laughs) 
<laughs> now it was fun though, man. I had a great time, and um, I look forward to you getting married so I can come back. That's right. I get married this month. It's OD when you think about it. That's right. Like 17 days away, Josh Graham. <laughs> yeah. I remember when it was a year out. And here we are. Watching a crazy soccer game here in studio. That's what's weird. You got a TV in here? When did this happen? Has this always been in here? And who's Apparently this guy with it's the always mask been on? here. There's a guy with a mask that thinks he scored, and then there's a bunch of white people yelling and cheering. They're happy. They're Scottish. They're Scottish. Yes, the Scottish crowd. Is that Ukraine? And I don't Ukrainians? think it's Ukraine. Is it Ukraine? It's UKR. What else could it mean? Oh, that is, yeah. And they're wearing yellow. I don't know if that's a goal. Might be. See, I need to get beat out into some other sports. Yeah, man, like I was talking to Tom a second ago, and I was explaining to him that even though I saw the Canes get their asses kicked, I really didn't understand why everybody was saying, and the fact that they got beaten on penalty points, and one, <laughs> the fact that I don't know, I didn't know. Tom hit me a second ago. He's like, when a guy gets into a penalty, and no, power plays. That's what they beat on power plays. When you go into the little, you have to go sit down by yourself and time out. One guy sits in the box, you have one man up. And then you got like five on four out there. Mm -hmm. And But he was explaining to me that like, huh? For two minutes. Yeah, for two minutes. And he was explaining to me that, you know, usually all season, right, the Canes had done well in those scenarios. Like one of the best. Not in the the playoff. Not in the the regular season, maybe. That's right. And then they get here in the playoffs and they look like trash. Yeah, they did. On the power plays. Not good. Yeah, so I would like to learn more about um, hockey moving forward. And I hear that my Tar Heels are doing great. Got a 10 seed in baseball, and we just host NC State. So I should definitely be involved more with the baseball. Well, then go this weekend. It's in Chapel Hill. They have – What day do they They're play? hosting the NCAA tournament. They'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Oh, no, I might make Friday for real. Saturday I have an engagement. I have well, we go. know they're playing Friday and Saturday. In Chapel Hill. Yeah, all of it's in Chapel. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The way it works is you get three teams from – there are 16 teams in the country that host a regional, and you get three other teams that come in, hmm. and only one can move on to the next hmm. out of the four. And then it's a best two out of three out of two teams that play each other in the next weekend so who to go to Carolina, Omaha, final who, eight. Who do they have Friday? So – Cause I'm interested. I don't know in who that. Carolina plays. On Where are my Carolina family out there that love the baseball? They love talking about going and catching. Get- you a baseball fan? Yeah, well, I played. He I played. was a player. You did play baseball. Yeah. I'm tripping. Oh, so I bet you do like the tar. Are you going Friday? What time's the game? We'll see. We should go right WD. Here. I'm gonna see if we can get some tickets. Uh, they play Hofstra at two o'clock right. on Friday. No, nah, WD ah. can't make that. No, you can't. Be at work. No, but maybe the six man Saturday. Yeah, six man might can make it on Friday. And then maybe WD can go on Saturday. Then we can team up and go on Sunday. You know what, Hofstra's – well, you're hoping. Yeah, see, it's a double elimination tournament. We ain't getting eliminated. It's a double elimination. So you're guaranteed up, playing Friday, Saturday. If you're playing Sunday, there's a chance you could win the entire thing then. If Carolina wins its first two games, then – really? Do you know Do you know who Hofstra's mascot is? No. They are the pride Really? The Hofstra Pride. And it's Pride Month? Whoa! Uh-oh. Bah, 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 bah. But and, we've got that home and the other two teams, field advantage. The other two teams that are in town, Georgia and VCU. Are they any good in baseball? VCU's having a nice year. I, I don't know Georgia. Wait, your ECU? VCU. Oh. My Pirates are hosting oh. Sarah Bradford's Virginia Cavaliers Ooh. and a couple others. I thought about going to Greenville, America this weekend. Ooh. But they are one of the top eight seeds, which means if they win this weekend, they're guaranteed to host next weekend, too. But we'll see. I don't know. ECU's good like that in baseball? They are.
They're like that. But they're historically snake-bitten in this sense. No team has ever been to more NCAA tournaments in baseball without getting to the College World Series, being one of the final eight teams. It's the final four, essentially, for college baseball than East Carolina. They've been to over 30, 35 tournaments and never have gotten to the College World Series. Ouch. Maybe this is the year. Who knows? Dot, appreciate you being here, buddy. Thanks for having me. Fellas, what's cracking with cracking? The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. It's an exciting week for North Carolina baseball. I'm an East Carolina graduate. I'm sure things are going to get uh, rowdy in Greenville, America this weekend. North Carolina's hosting. And here in the triad specifically, we talked with Billy Godwin yesterday. UNCG in the tournament for the first time in a while. And Wake Forest baseball is going to College Park to face UConn to start things off Friday at 1 o'clock. And here to join us and talk about his team is the 13th year head coach of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, Tom Walter. Now, Tom... Larry Sorensen was with us the other day, and covering your team all year long, he said this team reminds him a lot of the one that won a regional five years ago in 2017. Even though you're not hosting this year and you don't have Gavin Sheets on the roster last I checked, do you like that comparison? I think it's a fair comparison. Uh, you know, you look at our team, we, we hit a lot of home runs. Uh, we score runs. You know, that's what probably what we do best. You know, I think the the defense on this team is is a little better than the defense was in 2017. You know, we we didn't in 2017 we had Parker Dunshi at the front of our rotation, so certainly you can draw good comparisons between he and Rhett Louder. You know, as far as you know, having a guy at the front of your rotation, so I I could certainly see how there would be some some comparisons there. But to your point, you know, that on that 2017 team we had Stu Fairchild and, and Gavin Sheets in the middle of the order, and um, you know, this team, we've got Michael Ciccone, Brock Wilkin, Nick Kurtz, Brendan Tinsman. So I, I think this team might be a little deeper one through nine, but, you know, remains to be seen whether we have the star power of those two guys in the middle like we did in 2017. I know I've talked with Cliff Goblin out east, and his approach was always, or at least some years, depending on the team and depending on the matchup, to pitch your ace on Saturday, pitch maybe your second guy depending on the matchup on Friday, and also, I'm always intrigued by bullpen management this time of year. What's your approach to the starters in bullpen management? Well, we're going to throw our number one guy on Friday. Uh, we're throwing him against UConn. You know, that's, uh, as, you, as you said, you know, when we talked for a second before, I mean, that's a really good baseball team. You know, they've got 44 wins. They're battle-tested. They've been in the NCAA tournament, you know, I think the last four years in a row veteran coaching staff, so uh, and they've got a good number one pitcher in Peterson. So um, we are not going to throw our number one on, on Saturday. You know, had we been the, the host and and had a 1-4 a matchup, that might be something we consider, but uh, but we're going to go right after him with our number one guy. Jim Penders, great coach at UConn, and uh, Maryland has a really good program too. Wake Forest heading down or over to College Park, Maryland for its regional 1 o'clock first pitch against UConn in a couple of days. The big story in the ACC this week is that NC State was left out, first team left out. You had comments earlier this week saying that it surprised you. In hindsight, Coach, 
how important do you believe those three games that you won at Doak Field and Raleigh at the end of the regular season, considering how things shook out? Well, I, I still think two would have gotten us in. Um, you know, it would have changed our seeding in the conference tournament, of course, and, and we would have had different matchups. And, you know, had we, go in, had we gone into the conference tournament thinking we needed to win the first two, you know, we probably pitched that differently. So it's impossible to say what would have happened in the tournament had we – had we not swept NC State, but um, but we, we again we certainly needed two that weekend for sure uh, to feel good about our tournament chances, and with two and our RPI, I think we would have been fine. Um, you know, I, I was surprised that NC State didn't make it, um, but again, you know, you know, as we were watching games on Saturday and Sunday, you just saw that rubble, you know, start to shrink more and more each day, and and we knew it was going to be tight. You know, it was one of those. Sometimes it comes down to your conference and, you know, whether or not they're going to put the same number of teams. You know, I, I went into it believing in my heart that they probably would not award the ACC more teams than they awarded the SEC. I felt like the committee would look at those two conferences, you know, pretty evenly and, and put the same number of teams. So had they added another ACC team, then we would have had more than the SEC. And I'm not sure that was something they were ready to do. Wake baseball coach Tom Walter, who's with us here. I've been wanting to ask you about this the next time that we got you on. You went to school at Georgetown in the early 90s. Were you going to a ton of games that Alonzo Mourning was playing in? Oh, so absolutely. I, I, I went to my first year at Georgetown. We had uh, Mourning and Matumbo. Oh. Uh, well, actually, my first year at Georgetown, I played against Matumbo in the Intramural League because he was – I don't know if you remember back in the day, Prop 48. Matumbo was a Prop 48, so he wasn't eligible as a freshman. So just because he hadn't played a whole lot of basketball, they put him in the intramural league just to get some experience. So we got to face off against him in the championship game. But, yeah, I saw my work-study job. One of my work-study jobs was to was to work the arena for game days. And uh, so I got to see – I got to sit at the scores table for some, for some Georgetown basketball games. I was – right next to Mary Femlin, the academic coordinator at the scores table. I was doing the personal foul and team foul flags that you hold up to the to the fans. So uh, I had a lot of firsthand knowledge of Georgetown basketball. You got a little size to you, Tom, but uh, how did that go, Tom Walter in the paint versus one uh, Matumbo? Well, I, I like to brag all the time that I held him to 47. Um <laughs> You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't real. Their their offensive strategy wasn't real complicated. It was just lob it up to Matumbo, and and you weren't thankfully you weren't allowed to dunk in intramural, so he would just drop it in. But uh, it was it was a uh, it, it wasn't an easy matchup for us. No, it's not. I don't think it is. Hey, we've been asking this question today. Are you much of a golfer? Do you golf at all, Tom? I do. I love to play. Okay. Sure. Okay. So it's weird with the match going on today. They usually have, and the concept was, you got two pros, Tiger and Phil, going up against two non-pros in that sport, but in another, like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Today, they have four quarterbacks going at it. It's Tom and Aaron Rodgers going up against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That had us thinking, and our question of the day we're asking everybody, if you had a dream foursome, you could, you could get three people that are alive today to play with you, are you getting somebody in the sports realm of things, Tom, or do you have interest elsewhere where you're thinking, yeah, 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 I want to get somebody in comedy or somebody in a movie or somebody in music? I, th I would mix it up. I would certainly get one person in the sports arena for sure. 
and then I think probably get somebody from from politics and then somebody from entertainment. I think I'd go, I think I'd try to get eclectic with it and uh, and pull in a couple different personalities. Um, you know how it is for a round of golf. You don't you don't want anybody in that foursome that's going to take themselves too seriously. Um, I think is the is the most important thing. So I think getting some some good personalities in there uh, would be would be where I my head would be. I don't need three names. I just need the first one that came to the top of your mind. Who are you grabbing? Man, it'd be hard for me not to say Derek Jeter. I mean, that oh. would be he would be kind of at the top of my list, the captain. I would just love to pick his brain about those championship teams and and the mentality he brought to the ballpark every single day. So he would he would certainly be on my list. Michael Jordan, of course, um, would be on my short list, especially being an avid golfer, um, you know, the way he is. And then, again, from the entertainment field, I mean, you'd, you'd have to pick up a, a personality. I mean, somebody like Bill Murray or, or maybe even go somebody like John Daly. Um, you know, somebody like that would just be super fun to play with Tom and uh, see, see how far he can hit it. Tom Walter, yeah, I'd be interested to see what that's the case. I guess we got a tease of that in Space Jam. And look at you going North Carolina-centric answers to a degree with MJ and also former Greensboro Hornet great Derek Jeter. Uh, Tom Walter, best of luck in a couple of days. Thanks for um, joining us and playing along with us. It's appreciated. I appreciate your time, and thanks for all you do.